another installment of the, as I always say, and is true, the greatest priest podcast in Stillwater, Oklahoma. The Pastors of Pain Show. Welcome, welcome. We're here at, uh, was this, Pete FM? Is that, we're still doing this? Or am I am I trapped in a radio studio somewhere on another planet? Well, this is uh, this is Pete FM. I'm here with my uh, my sidekick, uh, Father Brian O'Brien, who is the you're the you're still the pastor. Just still, checking, still just doing a little update. I don't know what's changed. Coming up on four years. Wow, not wild. Four years is the pastor. Four years in January. A couple of weeks ago, you said uh, that you celebrated mass for the college students over at Old St. Francis. Was that like a trip down memory lane when you're? Uh, it was a little strange. So when I, I moved here January of eight, January of eighteen, and we were still in the old church. Uh, so I I was the pastor of the of old old St. Francis Xavier for about sixty days, uh, knowing that we were moving to the new church. So Less actually, time than me. I was very intentional about and just in my own mind like not getting attached to that building okay because i knew we were moving and if you would like to come over and you know just have a trip down memory lane every time it rains it leaks so i've got some like buckets yeah, that yeah. I, you, could come, you could come over and put the buckets out where it leaks oh it's okay it's okay we're well good. i'll let you slide I'm on good. that but if you want it's to it's a beautiful church though it is. I, I really like it. And Thanks we're for gonna it. when you guys move out. Well, that's what we're we're kind of in a in a just a serious period of discernment right now of like when you when St. John's doesn't need the building anymore. What are we gonna do with it? So the you know the basement is classrooms and a kitchen where we do our Catholic charities, uh, GED and ESL classes and. Right, but then what do we do with the upstairs? Are they asking those oh, same yeah. questions like in Cincinnati and Boston and places where they're shutting down these ethnic churches that you know where there's like three churches to you know on a, on the same mile road? Like, what are they doing with those churches in Cincinnati? Well, the church, the 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 Vatican has a document which I saw three. I mean, for, well, probably four years ago, and it was in draft form, so I don't know where it is now. But it was basically like some guidelines to a diocese of right. what what to do with a church building that you're not using anymore. And the thing that's really stuck out, and one of the reasons we went in the direction we did was, like, use it, if, if you can use it, use it for the purposes of the church. Use it as outreach to the poor. Use right. it as, you know, something to, if you can keep it in the church, let's keep it in the church. Because the danger is, the, 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 the most egregious example, I think, is in... St. Louis, the, the skate park? Oh. I did, no, no, there's there's, a, there's there's a church in L.A. that's a that's now a nightclub. There's a uh, there's one in Pittsburgh that is a really good pizza joint. But the stained glass windows are yeah amazing in yeah. there. So I think the church would say that's not what that's not how we ought to be. I think it's it's not Habemus Pizza, but it's uh, it is <laughs> the beautiful. I mean, like beautiful stained glass windows. They just basically sold the whole church. But the one in St. Louis, which is, um. It was like Holy Souls or something. Yeah, I don't like even that. like talking about it. it you That's go weird. in there and there's skateboard ramps everywhere. Yeah, and I get that how cool that would be, but you know, think well, about what used to happen there, like the celebration of the mass and so weddings you, and funerals. But like and, in the city of St. Louis, you just drive around and you can hit three or four abandoned churches that are just sort of crumbling in bad parts of town yeah. and they were built in I think, the late I think 1800s. the church would say it would be better to knock the building down than 
like repurpose it for something weird. Right. So we're going to make this in the cats. So we're going to see. What, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot. There, I mean, especially we're finding out, especially with the arrival of the um, these fa- families from Afghanistan. Yes. Which has, which has begun. Um, you know, is that. There's 100 families coming in. 40. 40. 40. Oh, sorry. 40 individuals slash How families. many total in the state of Oklahoma? 1,800. 1,800. And how many are going to Tulsa? How many are going to Oklahoma City? 800 to the Diocese of Tulsa. A thousand to the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City. Okay, so forty of the eight hundred are coming to Stillwater. Okay, and some have already arrived. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Welcome. Exactly. Yeah. Welcome, Welcome to. And God. everybody's doing their little part. I think we're collecting like deodorant and yep. and um, and hand lotions. Yep. For the yeah, we for the need good people. Walmart gift cards. Gift cards to the Himalayan grocery store. Our Whoa, little, shout little, out to the little, Himalayan grocery our store. Favorite spot our on Halal, Main Street. Our Halal grocery store. Yeah. But actually, what we found is uh, Halal food is, is still needed, but they, you know, most of the families have been in the United States for, for two to three months uh-huh. on, various, on various military oh, yeah, sure. installations. And they're like, a lot of are eating like American food and love it. <laughs> Whataburger. Oh, what about for, for what example. about um, what about homemade naan, like homemade bread that you or like the bread that you can buy in the frozen section of a grocery store? Yeah, I wonder how I think they're going to do that. A, yeah, I mean, I think there's a they're developing a taste. I don't know if this is a good thing, but for American food, well. Anyway, when in when in Rome, <laughs> as they say. Um, so, Father Kerry, we had a couple weeks ago, and I think this is especially in the month of November. One of the one of the great traditions in the church in the month of November, uh, we just had All Souls Day, uh, right. also called the officially called the commemoration of all the faithful departed. That was November second. We pray for the the dead, mm-hmm. um, especially those who have died in the last year, but also just for everyone who's who's died. Yes, sir. Um, so we just went to the funeral a couple weeks back, the funeral of one of our brother priests, Father Hung Lee. And I just thought we might talk about that from, uh, cause I think people find interesting, like kind of the inside life of priests a little bit. Uh, like when we've talked about sort of our vocation stories or our families or, mm-hmm. and I think there, people don't always see what, people know their own priests, but they don't see like maybe how priests are connected to each other. Oh yes, but we really are. Uh, I mean, it, it, on a just as one example, I have a parishioner who is from Nigeria. Um, he's getting married in Nigeria in December. So I reach out to his priest in Nigeria via just via email. I introduce myself. I say, I'm Father Brian O'Brien from Stillwater, Oklahoma, USA. Uh, And we worked out kind of the details for his like paperwork and like that he's, you know, and we have this perfectly pleasant conversation between two brother priests, one in Stillwater, one in Owire, Nigeria. Um, I had the same thing. I have a couple from Sierra Leone. They're getting married in Sierra Leone in February. Same thing. I have this back and forth with this priest in Sierra Leone. Uh... And we're and and we have sort of instant credibility with each other because <laughs> I've never met him. We're probably never going to meet in this life. That's right. But we're but we're priests. We're brother priests. Um. So we have this kind of immediate connection. 
but there's a stronger bond, especially within a diocese. Oh, yes. Uh, and it's not always that we're friends. I mean, so Father Hung Lee, who died, um, tell us a little bit, a little bit about, I, I, about I him. I think he, I got to have some cool chats with him over the years, just sort of at random one-off events. And we talked about capital punishment last week. And what he did in the prisons is he evangelized people. He would go into some of the toughest places. Yeah. yeah, like he's five foot three and a half. Not even. Like 200 pounds, has a beret on his head, and it has a thick Vietnamese accent you can barely understand. And he would just dis- very dismissive like, oh, yeah. Hey, disarming, I, I think. Oh, meant. disarming, not yeah. dismissive. Disarming. He would, yeah, di- very disarming. Like he would go in, and th- so you would always see the Catholic Charities posters of the diocese guys with like spiked hair and tats on their faces, and there was Hung Lee, Father Hung Lee, baptizing people with there the was bishop. That one, I think it was two years ago, maybe it was the East Easter. I think Bishop went and celebrated Easter in the prison in Holdenville. Yes. So it showed immediately for us that these prisoners have a dignity, and Father Hung Lee wanted to get them to know Jesus. You've committed murder? Yep. Okay. Repent of your sins. Jesus loves you. Let's get baptized. Let's change your life. Oh, okay. And, and that's what yeah, he saw he as his gift. mission. Uh, but he was an OSU grad. I, you know, he came here with a, the, the sort of the flood of the Vietnamese after after the war. And with all those families and stuff that showed up on our shores and we gave them homes and, you know, middle of nowhere, Kansas and middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. And they came in and like he did, went to college and got a uh, electrical engineering degree and then graduated and worked. And then I was in seminary with him for a semester. Yeah, he was ordained in May of 2000. I think 2001. And I, yeah. I came back to the seminary in January of 2001. I came, yeah. sorry, I came back to the Diocese of Tulsa in January of 2001. Yeah. So we were there uh, a short time together uh, as seminary. He just celebrated yeah, his 20th anniversary of ordination in May. Um, so he died. He was 62 years old. Um, died of COVID, actually. Um, and, and just before he died, his own his mother passed yeah. away. And then his father was also in the hospital and I think is is recovering, has recovered. I don't know. Pray I don't know for the details on it. Pray for him. Um, but anyway, so we we got that we knew we had known he was sick and was kind of going downhill. We get the we get kind of emails oh, yeah. from the diocese yeah. of little updates here and there. Uh, and then got an got an email. It was a Saturday morning that he had died the night before, died Friday night. Uh, and then the wheels start turning of like kind of events. Um, it was announced when his funeral was, which was a Thursday, I think it was. And basically among priests, it's, it's kind of a command performance. All, um, all hands. That everybody, everybody, everybody should be there. And so that, that in the priest world, that takes a lot, you know, that you, you now we had to move, we're moving schedules. So I, I was there, you were there, Father Robert was there, uh-huh. I don't know, 50 50, 60 priests, our, yeah. our current bishop, our Bishop Emeritus. Um, and it was really quite beautiful. Uh, the, 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 the funeral mass was like half, half English, half Vietnamese. Yeah. Father uh, Tsui did a, a brilliant job. Yeah, it was beautiful. 
uh, homily from one of our younger priests, Father Zui, I don't know, was 30 years old. I really enjoyed the second homily he gave in Vietnamese. I thought that was incredible. <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, I just, I just think it's interesting of like, I mean, we, you, if I were to tell you, like, here are my best friends who are priests in the Diocese of Tulsa, Father Hung Lee is not on, would not be on that list. But I, I liked him. I enjoyed his company. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, somebody would say, well, then why, if he's not your, like, friend, why do you go to his funeral? And the answer is because he's a priest. Yeah, there is. Uh, a priest, as it says, a priest of the order of Melchizedek. That all of us share in this priesthood of Jesus Christ, and and then because we're priests, we we share this common bond with each other uh, via our vocation that we've all said yes to the renewal of our priestly promises on Holy Thursday, and that we're a rare breed of people in the world that can turn bread and wine into Jesus and absolve your sins. I mean, two f- things, two things that like your average everyday person can't do. So there are about four <laughs> mi- four million people in Oklahoma, and there are, I think, there are like a hundred and fifty priests, maybe. Yeah, small crowd. There's a small crowd, and, and that, that's it. There's this common bond that is held together between between all of us and and the the ministry of of priesthood. You know, it, it dates back uh, for for well, two, over 2,000 years when Jesus instituted the priesthood on that Holy Thursday. And even though those 12 apostles went, whoa, all over the planet, you know, Matthew went to Ethiopia and, you know, James went to Spain and Peter went to Rome and they just went all over the world, the known world. There was still this inseparable bond of unity between them that made them... Uh, made them care for one another, even though they didn't see each other anymore. Even though they would probably like James and John, you know, a couple of weeks ago in the gospel, they were, hey, Jesus, uh, could you do for us whatever we ask? You know, there may be disagreements and frustrations and like, well, you betrayed him. No, you betrayed him. No, you, yeah, you right. Yeah, that doesn't mean there's not always agreement. There's not always, well, not, yeah, not just because two people are priests, that doesn't mean they're, yeah, instantly Pals. Like, best friends. Uh, there are priests in our own diocese that I get along with very, very well. Guys that sometimes, you know, I don't always see eye to eye with. Maybe we're different generations or maybe kind of, you know, theologically, uh, liturgically. Uh, you know, there's all, all all kinds of reasons. But there, there is this welcoming bond. There's a brotherhood, though. There's a brotherhood. I, I was going down to, and I don't know if anybody else does this. You, I'm going to say no. You're going to say no. So I was looking, I was going down to I was at Ave Maria University for focus uh, training with uh, Florida, with, yeah, Florida. With, uh, with my missionaries, and I wanted to go see this fa- good family friends I um, that I knew in Miami, and also I wanted to have a place to celebrate Mass, but I didn't have a mobile Mass kit because I was there at the college, and then I I just I didn't want to stay at a hotel, so I I called up their parish priest. And I said, would you, you guys mind let me stay with you all? And he was like, no, come on over. Nice. And, and I'm thinking, like, you know, early on, and, you know, I was a priest maybe three or four years, but you just go to, and you have breakfast across the table with a guy who's been 50 years a priest and also doesn't speak English. 
And so there I was with this Cuban priest just talking with him about his life in Cuba. And there was this instant bond of priesthood. Uh, and you get to share this this relationship, this this friendship that would not exist in any other way uh, except this. I, I, I kind of equate it to sort of like, you know, like the Marine Corps. You know, there's every other, you know, if you're in the Air Force, I was Air Force for six years. And you're like, oh, I was in the Air Force. Oh, you too. Oh, yeah, me too. And then it kind of ends. <laughs> and then... You hear then these, the Marines show up. And you hear these Marines like, oh, hey, devil dog. What, 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 and they start, because there's such a small group of people, and there's this eliteness to them, and this sacrifice they make to be Marines is like, no, I, you know, I graduated top of my class in law school, and I went to the Marine Corps to be in the infantry. I'm sorry. What? Wow. Why would you? Why would you? Why would you yeah. do that? Yeah. It's because they they wanted to enter in the sacrifice and this brotherhood, and the same way with the priesthood that that Cuban priest who's now deceased. Him and I have this brotherhood that goes beyond just like he's sixty. I don't remember his name. I don't remember where he came from, but we had that breakfast together and we had mass together at the at wow. that little parish yeah. in uh, in Miami. And you didn't know each other the day before. I didn't know each other the day before, yeah. and I'd forgot about him until about three minutes ago. Now I'm, <laughs> now I'm now I'm saying a little prayer for this guy. Yeah, and it, it, it is that beautiful that beautiful brotherhood of of priests that we share in this common priesthood of Jesus Christ, and then our ministry flows out from it, um, flows out from that common priesthood, and then there's this just. Okay. I think beauty to the to a friendship of priesthood that is not always like hanging out friendship. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, among the priests of our diocese, I mean, there's uh, yeah, there's not. Uh, I mean, there's no way we all, we can all hang out together. You know, we have a like a convocation every summer where we're together for like three days, and there there is. I mean, a lot of laughter and a lot of sharing. How is you know because we have guys. You know, I mean, we're in Stillwater. And we're pretty far from from Miami and McAllister right. and uh, Idabel and uh, Salisaw and you know <laughs> I mean even Tulsa I mean there's I remember when I first moved here I saw on Facebook it was a little uh, a little a little FOMO you know like oh. I saw like because I lived in you know yeah. I was in Tulsa for many many years and so. When I knew when this little group of guys would get together, maybe just a spontaneous dinner some Monday night, like I would have been included in that. And then I was in Stillwater. So I see this picture of these guys like having dinner and I was like, what the heck? <laughs> I moved to, I moved to Stillwater and now I'm like, I would have driven, I would have driven to Tulsa to, you know, to hang with that group. You got forgotten. I did. I did. <laughs> anyway. And I, it was, and it was just like, easily replaced. It, it kind of hurt. You know, like, oh man, I didn't, but, but to, if you live in Tulsa, Stillwater is not on your radar. We're 70 miles away in the same way when I'm doing stuff and still, if we, if you and I are going to spontaneously have dinner, we're not calling, uh, father Steve Austin in Idabel and father Carl Kirkemeyer in Durant. I'd be like, they're not on the, they're not on the radar, but man, do I want to have dinner with Steve and Carl? Yeah. Cause I really like those guys. They're my, they're my brothers. So there's a. There's a proximity to it all, but then as you as the as your experience with this Cuban priest in Florida, you know, there's a universality to it all as well. I remember one time we were in 
uh, we were you and I were in Rome. We brought up some Bishop Kelly kids to uh, to Rome, uh-huh. and we were gonna we were gonna have mass at St. Peter's, but we didn't have like an appointment. And I was like, oh no, now we can't have mass. And you were like, we're having mass. You just you like went right in to the walk quickly. The, act like you know what you're doing to the sacristy. Started speaking in Spanish to the Italians. And anyway, and then like you know, a few minutes later, we were having mass. But there was like you went in and you found like a priest, and and explained and and it was kind of priest to priest and you know now, yeah that, that helped. And it, it, and it was on. There's this beautiful line from the scriptures that says, "It is good when brothers live together." And so there's another part of the priesthood is is living in community. You know, uh, the uh, the order of Saint Augustine. You know, the Augustinians, which are in Tulsa. Who's the, who's the superior of that house these days? I'm out of that loop. Oh, really? I don't even know who's there anymore. Anyway, there's that. There's this goodness when brothers live together. And, and so there's this, there's this um, like camaraderie that takes place inside like a priest house, too, uh, of this need. Like St. Augustine saw it and said, hey, y'all are going to live here in this one common house in North Africa. He was the Bishop of Hippo, which is in Tunisia these days. Tanzania? Tripoli? Tanzania is Tripoli? not in North Africa. Tripoli is a city. Tanzania is Tripoli in is in Libya. Uh-huh. Well, one of those T places. One of the northern Africa, Morocco, think. Algeria. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there was this, he saw the need of these guys living in the, in the same communal life. And I think our bishop has uh, seen the same thing. Like when you and I moved out here, it's like, y'all are going to build one rectory together. Yeah. And, and and that's also going on even in the city of Tulsa. There are, like St. Thomas More has a house where priests live together. Holy Family Cathedral. Holy Family Cathedral yep. has like seven rooms there now. Yep. And six, I think six priests live there in community. Uh, St. Bernard's is the same way. There's multiple priests that live there. St. Benedict's of this need for priests to live in community because we're here to help each other grow in holiness and faith. And as the song says, if you fall, I will catch you. I'll be waiting time after time. I'm sure. Uh, what's her it, name? It, Cindy Lopper. Cindy Lopper. priests in mind when right, she wrote that. She, no, yeah, she did. Come on. With that waffle iron hair. It was pink. Cindy Lauper. She was in a movie that my sister used to make me watch. She was watch. in the, the Goonies. Oh no, she wrote the song for the Goonies. That's what I always associate her with. I woke up in the middle of Not that night, song. Mama. That one. Okay. So there's time after time we, we help each other. Like when uh, I'm out of town or something like that, I can say, "Hey, Brian or Robert." Can when go. I was not feeling well a few weeks ago, you brought me Gatorade. Oh. It, it, it's, uh, that and is I that in, is that in the it. gospel? Like when Jesus says, "When I, I was, was thirsty, thirsty, you brought you brought yes, me Gatorade." That's right. I was <laughs> very grateful because yeah. I wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, you know, Father Robert takes his his day of uh, rest is Monday and mine is Saturday. So um, I was I was here to to help out. You're so uh, nice. Or just even masses, like you know, you have a funeral and I can cover mass for you all. Oh, and yeah. then And then what do we do? We we pray together. Well, there's this there's this uh, commitment to each other, like. Hey, we're having dinner on this night, and we're praying together. Now, you can't make any other plans. Oh, but I want to do... No. Okay, the only exception is if we're, one of us is out of town on a funeral, or there's an ordination, or there's something big going on. Yeah, no, it's true. So I think all this, you know, we, we started with, with our, our friend Father, Father Hung Lee, 
Um, I loved at the at the funeral. You know, there's at the, at the Catholic funeral rite. You you know, you gather around the coffin at the back of the church, and the the coffin is blessed with holy water. And oh yeah. So to see, you know, all of us there, whatever that was, fifty or sixty yes, priests yes, yes. and our bishop, uh, all together praying for our brother and for for his family, um, it was an, it was an untimely death. I mean, he, you know, we had sort of kind of a few weeks notice, but at sixty two, he was an active pastor, as pastor of St. Stephen's in Holdenville, do, doing that the amazing prison ministry that was his, you know, was really was one of his charisms. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it was so in, in the sadness there was a real beauty to it. Um, the evening before there was a vigil uh, of just of prayers and scripture, and we prayed the rosary. And you know I went up and Father Pratt and I were sitting together, and we go up to see the, the coffin. And if you didn't know this, when when a priest is buried, he's buried in a in a chasuble. He's buried. In what he's vested for mass, that was cool. And then buried, yeah. And then buried in you know in his in his priestly vestments. Um, so I think that's something that a lot of people don't know, right? Um, and, and then uh, I don't know if it was Sister or Father Zoe made mention that uh, why he had two things in his hands. Uh, that like he as he's laying there you know you have your hands across your chest when they um, put a body a certain way and they had two things in his hands Mm -hmm. and it's it's really it's it says so much of who he is but also was a great reminder to me of like on the day of your death what do you want to be found with yeah what did he so he had two things in his two things in his pocket that he had been using you say one i'll say the other uh picks which is what a pix holds is what do you take Holy Communion to the sick or the homebound or the imprisoned. And it's a, I mean, his pix was, it was as large and you, you can put the host in it, the, the victim. You can put Jesus Christ in this pix. So it's kind of a nicely decorated. Like a, like half size hockey puck that opens. Yep. yep. So he had that. So he had just, he, I think his last kind of act as a priest was he brought his parents, who were sick, he brought his parents Holy Communion. Yeah, and then Father Zwie said uh, in his homily that he learned very quickly when he showed up at this, that his dad said, um, did you bring Jesus? It's communion. You're supposed, yeah, to, bring me, you're supposed yeah. to bring me Holy Communion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the other thing he had in his pocket was a rosary. Yes. Um, and he was. He was very, he loved our Blessed Mother. He had a yeah, beautiful devotion to Mary as a powerful intercessor. And so, yeah, so he was buried in his chasuble as a priest with that pix and with that rosary. Yeah, that's a, man. Like, what, what do you want to have at the end of, uh, end of your life? What do you want to be clutching on to? The rosary and that which holds Jesus. Or, I mean, we could be holding on to whatever, our TV controller. We could hold my, it, holding on to my cell phone. <laughs> our cell phone, anger and resentment. <laughs> we hold on to a lot. And he, it, it's kind of like Pope John Paul II. You know, he, John Paul II taught us how to live and taught us how to die. Yep. He taught us this is you live for the adventure of the gospel wherever that takes you. And, you know, Father Hung Lee, the adventure of the gospel was to when I was a prison uh, prisoner, you visited me. 
He was so good at that. And, and really what I admire, that's not for, I mean, when I think of like my own charisms as a priest, you know, I mean, God's given me some gifts. The prison ministry is not one, I'll do it, but that's not one I would sign up for. No. Um, I just don't think that's my, yeah, and there's all, there's always things that we do it because we, out of, because we, you know, out of, the out of duty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah obedience. Yeah, obedience. Yeah. He just had that gift. And I, I just, I always admired that. Um, wow. In him. Yeah. He brought, I mean, a lot of, of prisoners to Christ. I love it. He said, Carrie, I have more Catholics in prison than I do in my churches. Yeah. But his, his accent was real Just a great thing. gift. Great <laughs> gift. So anyway, so as we close here, pray for uh, Father Hung Lee, uh, OSU grad. He, he loved the pokes. Yes, and that's right. He was always, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, for his family, because I think his family is really hurting. His father, you know, who now has lost his wife and lost a son. Uh, and then for the diocese, for the people in Holdenville, um, so that now the bishop has to make a decision of, uh, when a priest dies, it, it has it has consequences. Um, somebody has to go there who maybe wasn't planning to go there. So anyway, we'll see how all that shakes out uh, in the months ahead. Yeah, but anyway, that's just a little bit from us on the inside life of the Brotherhood of Priests. Yeah. Wow. So we hope your November's going well. Pray for the souls of all the faithful departed, the souls in purgatory, and we will see you next week. And pray for us. Peace.